raise a spoon to Grandma, who always took all the hungry cousins to McDonald's for McNuggets and the Play Play Slide. Have something sweet in her honor. Come to McDonald's and treat yourself to the Grandma McFlurry today. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. And participate in McDonald's for a limited time. Raise a spoon to Grandma, who always took all the hungry cousins to McDonald's for McNuggets and the Play Play Slide. Have something sweet in her honor. Come to McDonald's and treat yourself to the Grandma McFlurry today. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. And participate in McDonald's for a limited time. You are listening to the Technical Foul Podcast for Wednesday, March 21st, 2018. I am your host, Manny Fresh. And well, 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 they don't call it March Madness for nothing, do they? I mean, this is probably one of the craziest tournaments of our lifetimes, at least mine. I don't know about y'all. You know, maybe y'all go back way in the day. But since I started watching college basketball in the early to mid 90s, this has got to be it's up there. It's got to be one of the craziest tournaments, man. I mean, Wow. 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 Uh, I think we could all I think I think I speak for everybody when I say that I think we can all just basically throw our fucking brackets in the trash. Like I know most of us have them on our apps, but figuratively, you know, you know, not literally, but figuratively speaking, we could throw our fucking brackets in the trash because I don't think anybody, at least anybody that I know, has their brackets perfect. Um, I'm still good. Like I'm in a couple brackets. I'm in a couple pools and stuff and, you know, where I can win some money. I'm still good because, of course, I got my Blue Devils winning the national championship. So I'm still good there. But everything else, I'm just I'm fucked. I mean, you guys heard the show last week uh yeah my final four uh you know my final four is 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 completely shot to shit so um yeah yeah that's uh that is uh that is that well i mean i'm you know my shot my final four shot i still got you know michigan is still alive purdue is still alive duke is still alive so um it's it's arizona that uh that uh of course let us all down and we'll get to that in a second but uh yeah man welcome to another episode of the podcast um my bad for not getting you guys that episode I promised you guys on Sunday with a special guest. Um, I know I keep promising you guys episodes and I keep falling. I keep not delivering and I'm sorry about that. Um, the only issue that I had this week was a scheduling issue. It wasn't anything major or anything like that. It was a scheduling issue. Um, my guest was good to go. It was me. Put it on me. I'm sorry. Adulting gets in the way. Um, my wife went out of town, so I had a, bit, a little bit of a scheduling issue. Um you know, I don't know. I don't know about you guys, but recording a podcast with uh, three little ones is nearly impossible. So, uh, yeah, man. So it was it was uh, it was a bit of an issue this weekend. So my fault. So uh, we're looking to have this guest on the show here soon enough, probably towards the draft. I'm going to have this guest on to kind of preview the um, 
the quarterback class and you know, talk about free agency and that sort of thing. Um, so, you know, we're going to definitely get him on. I don't want to say who it is because, you know, nothing's set in stone and things can change from, from now until then. So I'll, I'll just keep that to myself. But um, we definitely got some guests lined up in the next couple of weeks. But for tonight, you just got me, got me blabbering on and on about nonsense. Nah, sports is not nonsense, but for real. Uh, yeah, man, let's let's start with this tournament. Um, this is a this has been a wild and wacky tournament so far. I mean, the first two rounds of of this tournament have been um, have been madness. I mean, I don't think you can really label it any other way. Uh, two number ones went down. Two number twos went down. Two number threes went down, and I think three number fours went down. Uh, it's just amazing. You still got an 11 seed in Syracuse that's still alive in the tournament. So um, it, it, it's really, really been a crazy tournament, and I think it's been highlighted, obviously, by the by the Cinderella that is Loyola Chicago. I always want to call them Loyola Marymount for some reason, but Loyola Chicago with Sister Jean and you know all that uh, highlighted by that. That run, um, highlighted by some crazy finishes, by some just surprising blowouts. I mean, it's just this tournament's had a little bit of everything, man. I guess, I guess we could, I guess we can just start from the most important one: um, UMBC defeating Virginia last Friday night. I don't know anybody in the nation, at least I know, I don't know anybody that had that that result. I don't know anybody that had UMBC beating Virginia. Matter of fact, I don't know anybody that knew where UMBC was to begin with. I damn sure didn't. I had to Google the motherfuckers like, yo, who the hell is UMBC? Like, I have never heard of this school. Like, who the fuck are they? Like, where did they come from? You know, you, you know, University of Maryland, Baltimore County. Obviously, I knew that they had to be in a Maryland school, obviously. But, I mean, I'd never heard of this campus, never heard of this school. So, they defeated Virginia. I mean, they basically waxed Virginia. Let's be real. I mean, that game was not close. Uh, it was close at halftime. And then in the second half, they just completely ran them off the court. Um, let, let, obviously, we can we could talk about the the amazement of everything and and what this what this win means. And, in, 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 you know, as we go forward in the next couple of years and 10, 15, 20 years down the line, this is going to be known as probably one of the greatest upsets, if not the greatest upset in the history of college sports or college basketball, at least. Um, it's easy to talk about that. Let's talk about Virginia first. Um, I think we can take Tony Bennett out of the Hall of Fame. You know, look, I'm not going to sit here and try to dismiss Virginia or try to rip Virginia. Look, I know I had some fun at their expense on Twitter and whatnot, but let's be real here. I have a lot of respect for Tony Bennett. I think he's a very, very good coach. I think it's a, I think what he's done at Virginia has been nothing short of remarkable. I mean, what was Virginia before Tony Bennett got there? I mean, they were just nothing. They were nothing. So what he's been able to do with that program has been amazing. But I think we could take him out of the Hall of Fame. I mean, has there ever been a guy, and I'll get to Sean Miller because he's another guy that we can yank his ass out of the Hall of Fame too. But, you know, this guy gets a lot of credit and a lot of acclaim and a lot of praise. And, oh, Tony Bennett is this and Tony Bennett is that and Virginia is this and Virginia is that. And that team. That team got a lot of claim this year, only losing one game in the ACC, you know, the, the top seed overall, blah, 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 da, 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 da. and that team got destroyed. That team got waxed on Friday night. I mean, there's no other way to put it. That team got waxed on Friday night. That team was destroyed, destroyed on Friday night. What happened to this vaunted defense? What happened to this nasty, rugged, attacking, you know, pressuring defense? I, it was nowhere to be found on Friday night. I, that's that's for damn sure. 
I mean, UMBC just dominated them. Really, dominated them from the second half on. I mean, it was just terrible. It was just it, it's just a terrible performance for Virginia. And again, if you're Tony Bennett, if you're a big-time coach, that can't happen. I'm sorry. That cannot happen. That team was flat. It looked disinterested. It looked it looked like they weren't ready to play. I, you know, and, and and I'm sorry for a number 1 overall seed. That's no there's no excuse for that. There's no excuse for that. There's no excuse. You are the number 1 overall seed in the NCAA tournament. Playing a team that let's face it, if you played 10 times, you probably beat them 9 Nine times? And you have no energy? You come out flat as a pancake? You, you just have no fucking energy whatsoever? I mean, come on. That's got to go on the coach. That's got to go on the coach. And I know they lost their sixth man. And I, I don't want to hear that garbage. I don't want to hear it. Again, we could take Tony Bennett out of the Hall of Fame. Take him right out of the Hall of Fame. Because his team was not prepared to play on Friday night. There's no debate. That's a game you can't lose. And look, either way, had they lost a one-point game on a dagger three or something or a buzzer-beating three, you know, I, I think they'd still be getting killed. But for the most part, I think people would be a little bit more understanding. Hey, they played a tough game. It could have gone either way. The bounce of the ball here, bounce of the ball there. They could have easily pulled it out. I don't think the, the majority of America would have killed Virginia. But when you go out there and you get basically 20-pieced, 20-pieced by a 16th seed? Yeah, man, you, you got some explaining to do, Tony Bennett. And he handled himself great after the game. You know, the post game was great. I mean, you know, give him respect for that because, I mean, that's not any – I mean, you basically suffered the worst defeat in the history of college basketball. It's, it's, it's debatable. It's, it's really debatable. I mean, you're the coach whose team was the first number one seed ever to lose to a 16. And the way he handled that press conference was amazing. I, I thought he was tremendous after the post game. Um, Said all the right things. Was was a class act throughout. So I get you know I like Tony Bennett. I think he's a very very good coach. But again, you know you listen to all the experts and everybody tells you and this team specifically, you know all the accolades, all the bouquets that everybody threw at this team all season long. And again, I told you guys last week, I don't trust Virginia. See the problem with Virginia, and I put Virginia into a category of muck it up teams. It's a, there's like three or four teams that I that I categorize as muck it up teams. Teams that like to muck it up, muck up the game. You know, Virginia, Cincinnati, Xavier to a certain extent, um, West Virginia. I know West, West, West Virginia is still alive, but whatever. There are teams that like to muck the game up, meaning they like to sl- they like they like to play that slow, grinded out, nasty, rugged, physical. You know, we're gonna you're just gonna press you to death, or we're gonna pressure you to death. That attacking just. Just no frills, really not fun to watch basketball. You get the feeling that these teams, teams like Cincinnati, teams like Virginia, teams like like West Virginia, you know, they're content winning 42 to 24. That's the kind of game that they want to win. You know, they want to play their they, they want to play their style of basketball. They want to play their rugged defense. They want to hit a couple of open jumpers and win 40 to 24. And they're content with that. And I think that that style of play is good and it's and it's resourceful and it's helpful throughout a 30 35 game regular season. But when it comes to the tournament, I, I think that those teams struggle. See, everybody talks about strategies and how to win and how to play in the NCAA tournament. It's like it's like in baseball, you know, how do you win a championship in baseball? 
You know, you win it with pitching, you win it with sound defense, with with a with a solid bullpen, whatever. You know, and in, in, in football, you know, how do you win a Super Bowl? You know, with a with a strong running game, obviously a defense. In the NCAA tournament, there's there's various theories, and and there's no one set theory on how you know what teams have to do. A lot of people believe guard play wins in the NCAA tournament. A lot of you know, a lot of teams believe it's a lot of luck. It's a randomness to it. Um, you got to be very good, obviously. So there's no real set, I guess, philosophy. I'm a believer in that guards win in the NCAA tournament, and I just, I, I just believe that you got to score in this tournament. You got to be able to put the ball in the basket in this tournament. And I think that I think that those teams, those muck it up teams that I labeled, those teams can get to a 35 game regular season. They're built for the grind that is the four or five month, well, not really that long, like three or four month um, college basketball regular season. You know, those teams are built for the regular season. They can, you know, they can play that style of play. You know, they can, they can, they can muck up the game and they can win their 20 to 24, 24 games on a good, on a great year, a great season where everything breaks right. They can win 27 to 30 something games like Virginia. And everybody thinks they're great and everybody thinks everything is all honky dory and, 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 you know, rainbows and, and sunshine. And until they get to the tournament and they, and, and the game kind of picks up a little bit and, I think these teams run into trouble. I really do. I really, really do. I think coaching in the NCAA tournament is completely different than coaching a a January night against you know Virginia Tech. It's a different ball game. It's a different strategy. There's you have to figure yourself. You have to figure out ways to get through this tournament. And the great coaches, the iconic coaches, figure out ways to get through this tournament. Now, I'm not saying that Tony Bennett's never going to win a national championship. He's never going to, you know, I, in a lot of ways, Tony Bennett reminds me of um, of Wisconsin. You know, his teams remind me of Wisconsin and, uh, and um, damn, I forget the Wisconsin fucking coach's name, man. Damn, I'm having a fucking brain cramp. Fuck. Ah, man, I, I should know this. I'm, I'm, I'm. You ever just? I'm getting old, man. I'm getting. I'm fucking having a brain dead moment with Wisconsin's uh, fucking uh, coach. But anyway. Um, they remind me of those old Wisconsin teams. You know, remember before before Kaminsky and before Decker got there. You know, Wisconsin was a similar team to Virginia. They they mucked the game up. They they had a certain style of play. You know, they wanted they were content winning forty two to twenty seven. You know, they're gonna they're gonna play their solid brand of basketball. You know, quote unquote playing the right way, tough defense. You know, sound fundamental offense. And you know, again, Wisconsin won their twenty four to 25, 30 games every year and were a top three seed in the tournament every year. But they never got far. They never got far. Now I'm not saying that you know Tony Bennett and Virginia will never be in that in that position to 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 eventually get to a Final Four. I think he will. I think he will get a championship because I think he's too good of a of a head coach from an X's and O standpoint. That I think eventually you know you're, you're gonna. I mean, a lot of great coaches. I mean, you know, remember Shashevsky for the longest time couldn't win the big one. You know, got to four straight Final Fours or whatever, and couldn't win the big one or whatever. You know what I mean? So before Leitner and and Grant Hill and those boys, so you know, Shashevsky even had to kind of get that monkey off his back. So eventually, Tony Bennett will, will get the quote unquote monkey off his back. But I mean, this is this hey, this is a hit, man. This is a blow of all blows, man, because this will live in infamy. This will live in infamy. Now, I don't think it'll have the. I don't think it'll have the the. Sorry, how can I put this? Um, I don't think it'll have the 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 staying. I mean, I think people will remember it, and I think it'll be an iconic moment. 
But it, I think it would be more iconic and more memorable had it been a close game. Like had had UMBC beat Virginia the way uh, Loyola Chicago beat Tennessee, or how they would have won their first game. Like that memorable, a you know, a game winning, a buzzer beating shot, or you know, uh, you know, a shot with like. 10 seconds on the, or, you know, a tenth of a second on the clock or some shit like that. Like, I think it would have been, it had it been a closer game, I think it would have been more memorable. But be that as it may, um, it was a blowout. It was a blowout. And, and it was just stunning. It was stunning. Because, I mean, even, even like when they got off to a hot start in the second half, I mean, you just, you still felt like Virginia just was a run or two away. And, and, and and then it just they they just they just never were able to kind of get their sea legs from under you know they never they never could kind of get their sea legs they never could kind of get a a good grip on the game and before they knew it they were down by twenty and that's the problem with Virginia I I don't trust Virginia's offense in big spots I don't trust I don't think they have a great player you know I I you know they have good players I think they have a good team you know the the, the you know the 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 sum of their parts is is you know whatever however you 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 ever however you use that phrase I can never get that phrase right but the 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 whole is better than the sum of their parts you know they they just got a good team but I I don't know if they have that that dominant player they don't have that one guy that when the you know when when you're down by two late in the game where you could just give them the ball and I think in college you know everybody talks about the NBA but I think in college you need that that guy too you know I think you need that guy that can get you a shot in close situations and I don't know if Virginia has that. And the problem with Virginia is that when they get down, you know, if you get in front of them, if you get if you get in front of them, if you get an eight to ten point lead, the way that they're structured, the way that they're coached, I don't think they can make a comeback in a game because I don't trust their offense. I don't trust their ability to. I mean, we all saw what Syracuse did to them, you know, a couple years ago. You know, they had a big lead against Syracuse, and before you knew it, they just, Syracuse just, you know, blitzed past them in the second half. So, you know, Virginia is a team now that's got a lot of questions to answer. A lot of questions to answer. And Tony Bennett, again, we could take him out of the Hall of Fame. Now, I'm a little bit, I'm, you know, I, I know most people thought that I was going to be harder on Tony Bennett. I, maybe because he's, an, you know, he's an, an ACC guy. I'm maybe giving him a little bit more slack than, than I, sh, you know, than, than I maybe even I should be. But the guy that I'm really down on is Sean Miller and that Arizona team. Enough's enough with Arizona. Enough's enough with Sean Miller. You know, every year I hear that Sean Miller is this great coach. Oh, Sean Miller, da 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 da. And I'm not saying he's a good coach. Obviously, the record speaks for itself. I think he's a very good coach. He's a very good recruiter. We may all have our our you know we may all know how he gets these recruits to go to Arizona, but whatever. We're not going to touch that. I think he's a very good coach. But if you listen to all the analysts, all the experts, all the pronosticators, you know, they basically wax poetic. I mean, they basically fucking jerk off Sean Miller to you every single day. Oh, Sean Miller is this. Sean Miller is that. Sean Miller is this. Sean Miller is that. Sean Miller is this coach. He's that coach. He's this, this, he's that. Da, 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 da. And this is a guy that for all the praise, for all the accolades, he never wins in this tournament. Year in and year out, he never wins. And at least Tony Bennett, I can say, you know, he doesn't have the the quote unquote one and done athlete. He doesn't have the big time college recruits. Tony Bennett doesn't do it with with those big time, big name college players. So I'll give him a pass on that. But as you know, Sean Miller, yeah, DeAndre Ayton, a guy who's going to be probably, you know, maybe the number one overall pick. Although I would probably go with Bagley over Ayton, but whatever. He's got DeAndre Ayton on his team. He's got Alonzo Trier. He's got about three NBA guys on that team. And that, and that team just constantly, every single season in the NCAA tournament, under delivers. Now, I know he's lost some close Elite Eight games. 
to Wisconsin. I know he's been close a couple times with Wisconsin and, and Xavier. But again, this is a guy for all the accolades, for all the, the, all the acclaim. Dog, win a couple games that matter. Nobody cares that you win your 25 to 30 games every year in a horrible fucking conference. A horrible conference. I don't need anybody waxing me poetic about the fucking Pac-12. How many teams are still in the tournament for the Pac-12? I'll wait. Yeah, zero. This guy plays in a lousy conference year in and year out, and he makes the tournament as a, as a, as a top three seed, for the most part, year in and year out. Like, it's about time that Sean Miller got to a Final Four. I don't think, I mean, I'm not saying he has to win a championship, but, can, you know, can you get to a Final Four? Can you get to a Final Four? Is that too much to ask? I mean, the performance that, I, I almost thought that Arizona's performance on, on, on Thursday night was worse than, than, than Virginia. I almost thought that they were worse than Virginia. In a weird way, I almost thought that they were, because Virginia, I almost felt like they were in shock. Like, I, I, I almost felt like Virginia was in a trance. Like, I don't even think they knew that UMBC were this good. I almost felt like they were in a, in a, in a fucking, like, in an absolute state of shock. Arizona just didn't care. They were just disinterested. They didn't want to be there. I mean, they just, they, I, I watched a lot of that game. I mean, they were, they just didn't show up. Arizona didn't show up. I mean, Buffalo ran them off the court. Ran them off the court. Buffalo was laughing at Arizona. Buffalo was like, this is Arizona? This is this great team? This is this mighty, mighty Arizona with the Hall of Fame head coach and the and the and the and the shorter be number one overall pick? I mean, this is this is who we this is this team? They got dismantled in every single way. Now I know Buffalo hit some amazing fucking threes and amazing, but that's what Buffalo do. They hit a lot of threes. They play that up-tempo system. But, I mean, a- Arizona, dog, again, for all the acclaim, I'll say it again, for all the acclaim, for all the adulation, for all the bouquets that we throw at Sean Miller, can I get Sean Miller to win a big game in March? Can, 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 can I have that? I don't think I'm asking for too much. I don't think I'm saying, you know what, hey, go out there and win a championship this year. No. I'm not saying that. I'm not saying that. But can Sean Miller win some big games? Can you get to a Final Four? Can you get over that hump? I don't think I'm asking for too much. I really, I, I really don't. All I ever hear is Sean Miller's this great coach. Sean Miller's this. Sean Miller's that. Sean Miller's this. Sean Miller's that. Oh, look at Sean Miller. All the, you know, the great players that he has. All the great coaching. The great X's and O's. The great tactician. Blah, blah, blah. Dee, 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 and, all that, and, and every March, he loses these big games. Every year. Doesn't fail. Never fails. Never fails. Never fails. And then on top of everything, on top of him not winning big games, you throw in all the off-the-court shit that has gone on all year. The FBI investigation. The phone conversation that supposedly doesn't exist, that does exist. I mean, who knows? We'll find out more, I guess, as the year goes along. Who knows? Who who knows where that shit is at right now at this point? Whether they got recordings of him, uh, you know, trying to pay Aiden to come to Arizona. Who knows? Who knows? Who knows? The thing with the assistant coach and Adidas and that and that whole situation. Alonzo Trier and the drug test thing that didn't, that he failed, but didn't fail that whole situation. I mean, it's just, it's just one thing after another with this team. I'm telling you right now, if I was the president of that school, if I was the president of that school, if I was the president of Arizona, me and Sean Miller are having a conversation Monday morning. Sean, come in this office, 9am. Let's go sit down, sit down. Let's talk. 
Let's talk about that performance you had against Buffalo. And while we're at it, let's talk about your team and its conduct and what's going on with this fucking program. I'm dead ass serious. I'm dead ass serious. Like, again, this, this, is, this, this was a rough year for Arizona. A rough year for Arizona. And I think Sean Miller's got to take some hits. He's going to take some hits for this. I mean, that was an embarrassing performance. I mean, if Tony Bennett's going to take some hits, as he should, Sean Miller definitely got to take some hits. Definitely got to get some hits. And then, of course, you hear the reports today that, you know, that there was rumors that he's interested in a Pittsburgh job and blah, blah, blah. He's maybe looking for his way out of Arizona. Who knows? I, I, I always tend to believe that where there's smoke, there's fire, especially with these coaches and jobs and interviews and blah, blah, blah. I, I, always, I always lean on the side of the reporters on this one when they get these scoops. I always do. I think, I think these coaches are always looking to move. I think these coaches are always looking for more money. I think these coaches are always looking for the better opportunity or the best opportunity. So would it surprise anybody that Sean Miller was trying to get, out, get the hell out of Arizona? Because he probably knows something's coming down eventually. He probably knows. I wouldn't be surprised if, if Sean Miller's planning his exit as we speak. He's probably trying to get in front of it. Pull, pull up Pete Carroll. Now, Pete Carroll went to the NFL, but, I mean, he's probably, he's probably playing the same thing. So I wouldn't be surprised. So where there's smoke, there's fire with this shit. But again, you know, and then and then and and, and if it and if it's not bad enough that your team basically pulls a no show in the NCAA tournament, do I gotta have Alonzo Trier and DeAndre Ayton basically declaring for the draft in the locker room right after the game? Does that show you everything? Now I know that they're one and done, or in in, in Aiton's case, he's a one and done. And I know they want to play in the NBA, and, and I get it, and that's their right, and I'm all for it because they're not getting paid in college, and that's a separate issue. I don't even want to get I don't even want to get into that right now. I get that, but you know what? Can can you know? Can some you know whoever's advising DeAndre Ayton and Lonzo Chick? You know, can you tell them, hey guys, you know what? Let, let's. I know you guys want to make the announcement or whatever. I, I everybody know you know you're not surprising the rest of the world or the rest of the country that you're going to declare for the NBA. But you know you want to you want to maybe wait a couple days. You know you just you just got blown out. You know you want to wait a couple days to make that announcement. What happens on a Thursday? You want to wait till Saturday? Maybe Sunday? Monday? Monday? You wait till Monday? Wait a couple days? A few days? Is that going to hurt anybody? Is it going to kill anybody? You know, is it going to hurt your draft stock because you don't announce you don't announce your intentions until Monday morning? Realistically, I, I, I that that really pissed me off. That really fucking pissed me off. You got guys on the bench crying, you know, crying. Oh, and then in the locker room, they couldn't wait. You know, DeAndre Ayton couldn't wait to leave Arizona after the game. Couldn't wait. They asked him a question about the game. He's like, "Oh, I'm, I'm declaring for the draft." By the way, yeah, but how do you think you're performing? Oh, um, by the way, I'm declaring for the draft. Like, dude, seriously? I couldn't wait. You couldn't wait till Monday morning. I'll be, I'll be nice. Let's give you Saturday. Wait till Saturday. Wait till Saturday. What, you lost Thursday evening, Thursday night? Wait till Saturday. Is it gonna kill you? Is it gonna kill you? That really rubbed me the fucking wrong way. Like, dog, can I? Can, do I have to hear Alonzo Trier? Alonzo Trier now? Alonzo Trier? Who can't stay off the dope? Couldn't wait to tell us that he's declaring for the NBA draft. Couldn't wait. Couldn't wait. Couldn't wait. Really? Really? Is that what we're going to do right now? Is that what we're going to do? So that, so I'm I'm down. I'm really fucking down on Arizona, bro. Like I'm so down on that on that on that entire program. Again, again, I'll repeat it again and I'm I'm not going to it's it's like Chris Paul. Get used to it. It's like my Chris Paul rant. Again, 
for all the accolades, for all the praise that we give Sean Miller, Tony Bennett, can I get some big wins when it matters? Nobody cares about that you beat Cal in January on the road. Nobody cares. Nobody cares. It's a blip on the fucking radar. Nobody cares. Nobody cares in Tony Bennett's case that, you know, you, you won a game against, you know, Clemson 48 to 31. And you shot 60% for three. Nobody cares. Nobody cares. It's about what you do in these three weeks in March, early April. That's what matters. That is the only thing that people, that is where you judge your legacy. That's it. That is where we judge your legacy. And for two guys who are considered the upper echelon of coaching in, in, in this day and age, as they should be, because they're both good coaches. I, I'm not, not going to sit here and tell you that Sean Miller isn't a good coach. I think he's a very good coach. He's a very good coach. But again, am I asking too much that we add a little bit more wins to the resume? Big wins. Big wins. Big wins. We know you can win 25 games. We know you can win 30 games. We know you can win your conference. We know you can win your conference tournament. We know that. You're not fooling anybody by that. that you, you've, already, you've already exceeded that. I want big games in March and, and April. That's what I want. And those two guys and their teams have not delivered. Have not delivered. Anyway, man, I, I just had to get it off my chest because I, I was stewing on that Arizona shit for a couple days, Brad. Like, so, yo, and, 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 and yo, that really pissed me off. I don't know why that really bothered me. I, I don't know why the whole Aiton declaring and right after the game. I mean, they, they just got destroyed. Destroyed in the game. Destroyed. You think, man, you know what? You think somebody on that Arizona coaching staff, you know, you know, maybe an advisor to the, you know, from the families or something. You know, they're pops. Somebody. Somebody. I'm telling you, if Aiden was my son, I'd be like, yo, Nick. Okay. Do it the right way. Okay. Wait till you get back, you know, wait till you get off the plane, get back to get back to Arizona, get back to campus, and announce it there. Be professional. Don't do it right after the game. That 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 that's come on. I mean, really? Especially after that performance. Especially after that performance. I don't think anybody wants to hear you say anything. So that, I, that really, really bothered me. What can I say? It bothered me. And it shouldn't have, maybe. But it just bothered me. I don't know. It just, it just really bothered me. And, and again, I'm, I'm not ignorant. We all know they were going to the draft. So what's the difference if, we, if, if they announce it today or tomorrow? We, we all know their intentions. It's just, it's just the optics of it doesn't look right. The optics don't look right, especially for a program that's been mired in controversy the entire season. You've had suspensions. You've had underperformances. You, you just, it's just been mired in a state of controversy the entire season. And then you have a performance that's embarrassing in the first round of the NCAA tournament. Like, do I need to have your two best players basically saying, hey, hey, uh, this was all fun and all, but uh, we're getting the fuck up out of here. Come on, man. Come on. Come on. That tells me everything I need to know about that program. That tells me everything that I need to know about that program. You think Marvin Bagley's doing that after a loss? And Gary Trent's doing that shit after they lose? Come on, man. Come on. Anyway, but let's talk about the teams that uh, are left in this fucking tournament. I know everybody's bracket's shot to shit. 
And again, I don't want to hear that, you know, motherfuckers predicted UMBC. I don't believe that shit. You're going to have to prove to me that uh, you guys fucking predicted that shit. Nobody, nobody that I know predicted UMBC beating Virginia. Nobody that I know predicted Nevada beating the Switch 16. I mean, well, some people did. Nobody knew Loyola Chicago. Nobody knew where fucking Loyola Chicago was until this past weekend. So I don't want to hear that shit. You know, because you know, you get these motherfuckers that be that be uh, that be false claiming on Twitter and and on Facebook and whatever. Oh, my bracket's still good, or oh, I knew that they were gonna be yeah, bullshit, bullshit. So yeah, but anyway, let's get back to the let's get back to this tournament. I mean, let's let's get back to the teams that are left here that are left standing. Um, I, I is does anybody does anybody believe that Kentucky now isn't the favorite to get out of that South region? I mean, if you want to, if you want to say one team that won the weekend is Kentucky. I mean, because Kentucky basically can sleepwalk to a Final Four. Now, I shouldn't say that because I think well, I'm going to get into my predictions in a little bit, but I think Nevada will give them a game. So I'm, you know, I think Nevada is a very talented team. I think they got a talented head coach and Musselman. Um, so I think I think Nevada will give will give Kentucky a, a good game. But I mean, let's be real. Let's be real. Kentucky's going to waltz to a Final Four. I mean, I, they, they fucking won. They won the weekend. <laughs> if, I'm Kentucky, if, I'm, if I'm Calipari, I'm just like, bruh, to get to a Final Four, we got to beat fucking Kansas State, who was another team that likes to muck the game up. We got to beat Kansas State <laughs> and the winner of Loyola, Chicago, and Nevada. Too fucking easy. I mean, they could sleepwalk and beat. And I don't even think Kentucky's that good. I haven't been, I haven't been impressed with Kentucky. They were lucky, lucky. I watched the entire Davidson game. Davidson should have won. Davidson should have won. They were lucky to get out of that game. Lucky. Now, they played a little bit better against Buffalo, but even Buffalo, even Buffalo had a chance in that game. Now, Buffalo just, to me, took too many threes. They just kept jacking them up there. Even when they weren't in them, they just keep jacking them up there. I didn't like the way Buffalo played, at least to start that game. And Kentucky, you know, Kentucky in these last two tournament games, they've had great first halves. And then the second half, they've just gone cold. I don't trust Kentucky. I don't trust their offense. I don't think they can score enough. Um, or I shouldn't say that. I think they can score. I don't trust their shooting. Their shooting is still a little bit questionable. Knox is good. Um, the, the Shea, uh, the Shea Gil, Gilchrist kid or whatever whatever his fucking name is, the point guard that, that was inserted into the starting lineup late in the season, that kid's a, been a fucking revelation. I didn't know that kid was that good. He's He's great. He's great, athletic, can score. Um, he's been really good for them. So you know, Kentucky's got the talent. Nobody's gonna ever question Kentucky's talent. We know they got the talent, but you know, I, I still don't trust them in a close game where they have to get a shot off, where they have to make a shot. I don't know if Kentucky's consistency at the at the three line is 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 enough where I would trust them completely. Talent wise, they should waltz to a Final Four. They should waltz to a final four. I mean, let's be real. Kentucky's going to have to beat Loyola, Chicago, or Nevada. I mean, let's be real. And does anybody doubt that they're going to beat fucking, you know, K-State? Now, I know it's dangerous to say that because the way this tournament has played out, what we think is going to happen, what we think should happen, what we think is guaranteed to happen isn't always going to happen. I mean, you have that every year in the tournament, but especially this tournament. So I know that's dangerous. That's a dangerous, that's a bold hot take to make. But I mean, let's be real. Kentucky's going to wall still Final Four. I mean, let's be serious. Let's be serious. And, and I don't think Kentucky's that good. I mean, again, I watched them against Davidson. I thought Davidson should have won that game. Easily could have won that game. Davidson didn't shoot the ball well. They struggled. I mean, I, and, and even then, they still got close to winning that game. So, And Davidson's a good team. 
And they had Kentucky on the ropes there in the second half. So Kentucky got lucky. I thought Michigan has – you know, I'd be worried about Michigan. Michigan didn't play well. Michigan did not play well those two games last weekend. They got lucky. I mean, they got I, – I, and I love Beeline. Beeline is a hell of a coach, but he 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 better pray to Allah, Jesus, whoever. Whoever he believes in, he better pray that he's he, – he needs to thank God or whoever that he's still in this tournament because he easily, easily could have been out. Now, the kid hit a hell of a shot, so, you know, you can't knock him too much, but the kid had a, you know, the kid basically wasn't even looking, he didn't even look at the basket. He just hoisted up a fucking Hail Mary three, and it went in, and it was a hell of a shot, but, you know, I don't like the way Michigan has played. I still think Michigan's a talented team. Michigan and Gonzaga, that's who I think is going to be the two teams in the Elite Eight. Um, I think Gonzaga's going to handle FSU, and I think, uh, well, I shouldn't say that, because te- I, w- I was impressed with Texas A&M. I'll be honest, I didn't watch a lot of Texas A&M this year. I was impressed with what they did to North Carolina. <laughs> I, not only was I impressed, I was um, I was delighted with what they did to fucking the Tar Heels, the baby blue boys. Um, thank you, by the way, Texas A&M. Thank you. Thank you very, very much. Um, anyway, um, I was impressed with Texas A&M. I mean, I didn't think, I mean, they can shoot, they can score. I mean, they got two monsters down low and uh, the Davis kid and Robert Williamson. I mean, Robert, we knew about Robert Williamson. Robert Williamson is pretty good. He's going to be a, a, a t- you know, he's going to, he has a chance to be a lottery pick in this draft. So, I mean, Williamson's a good player. I mean, Davis kid is, is a beast down low. They got the light-skinned kid. Um, I forgot his name. He can score. Um I mean, Texas A&M is legit, and I think I think that's going to be a hell of a game. I, I, to me, that's the best matchup of the Sweet 16 is that Texas A&M-Michigan game because that, that's a pick'em game. I, I think it could go either way. I'm really impressed with what Texas A&M did. I mean, not because of what they did to North Carolina because, I, you know, I, I've said it all year. I thought North Carolina was overrated. I mean, the idea that North Carolina was, was in consideration for a one seed, I'm like, no. I'm still upset that we lost them two out of three. I was like, North Carolina's not that good. They're not that good. But anyway, but Texas A&M, I was impressed with them on Sunday. I mean, they just, they dismantled North Carolina. I mean, just, they they took, what they did was they took North Carolina's heart. They took North Carolina's heart completely. They just snatched it out their bodies. Snatched it. So I'm impressed with Texas A&M. I don't know if they have the, the offensive firepower to beat Michigan, but we'll see. We'll see. That's going to be a very good game. But I'm still going to stick with Michigan in that game. I think it's going to be Michigan and, and, and Gonzaga. I forgot to say what my Elite Eight pick was for the South region. So I think, obviously, Kentucky and Nevada are going to play in the Elite Eight. And I got Kentucky. I mean, I think it's going to be a close game, but I think Kentucky's going to pull it out. I think Kentucky's going to, again, like I said, waltz to a Final Four. Obviously, in the West region, I've got Michigan over um I got Michigan over Texas A&M, and then I got Gonzaga and Michigan, and I think that's where Gonzaga's kind of tournament run will run out. I think Michigan's going to get to a Final Four. Um, in the East region, Villanova, you can make the argument that Villanova and Duke are the two best teams left in the tournament. Villanova's, Villanova did nothing to, to, to quell that, that claim. Uh, they played it. They had a great weekend last week, and they took care of business. They... Uh, you know, you know, the first half against Alabama was a little iffy. You know, I thought Alabama had a chance the first half. I thought they were they had the game in control there. That you know, Alabama had at a pace that 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 I thought benefited Alabama. Um, Villanova didn't really shoot the ball well in the first half outside of DiVincenzo. I can never fucking pronounce his name. DiVincenzo, whatever his name is, Vincenzo, Vincenzi, whatever the fuck his name is, DiVincenzo, whatever the fuck his name is, the white boy. Um, 
he was the only one that was keeping Villanova really in the game. And then in the second half, I mean, they just they just fucking it was bombs away. They all took over. So Villanova's been great. Um, West Virginia is another one of these muck it up teams. I know that they you know they scored ninety four points against Marshall, but Marshall doesn't play any fucking defense. So let's be serious. Uh, again, I don't I don't and I love Bob Huggins. I, I love Bob Huggins. I think he's a tremendous coach. But again, I don't trust I don't trust West Virginia in these type of games. You know, I don't trust West Virginia in these type of games. I mean, what do you want me? What do you want me to say? I, I just don't. I think they're another team that likes to muck it up. I, I'll believe. I'll, I'll, I'll become a believer in West Virginia if they're able to go out there and hang toe to toe with fucking Villanova. And I know West Virginia is touted for their press defense and all that, but again, Villanova is the perfect team to kind of expose that press defense because they can shoot, they can score from everywhere. I don't know. I, I just, I don't trust West Virginia in these type of games. I don't trust their offense in these type of games. I know their defense. I think they'll play well defensively. I think they'll give Villanova some problems, but at the end of the day, I just think Villanova is going to be too much for them. I think Villanova is going to beat them. And then you have uh, Purdue against Texas Tech. Um, Texas Tech. I've been impressed. You know, I didn't see a lot of Texas Tech either this year. Uh, I saw I saw them in a couple games. I wasn't really too impressed. The point guard's pretty good. I know he missed some time in the season, but he's pretty good. But uh, you know. This is an interesting game because I think it could go either way. I, I think this is a closer matchup than I think people are going to give it credit for. I, I wasn't that impressed with Purdue against Butler. I thought Butler could have easily won that game. It came down to a couple possessions late. Um, I think Purdue's missing Isaac Haas. Um, I think that that loss of Isaac Haas is big for them. Um, I still got Purdue getting past Texas Tech, but I don't think it's a no-brainer. I don't think it's a I don't think it's a lock. I think that game is is closer than I think people are gonna give it credit for. So I got Purdue and Villanova in the Elite Eight still, and uh I got Purdue or I, I got Villanova getting past Purdue. I, I initially I had Purdue over Villanova, but yeah, I, I just think that um I just think it's gonna be too much for Purdue. I think the loss of Haas is gonna hurt them. Um, you don't lose a player of that caliber and and still survive it. At least most teams don't. So I think it's going to come back to bite them in that game. I think Villanova is going to get to a Final Four um, out of the East region. Um, the Midwest, my boys, my Dukies, my Blue Devils. Hey, I mean, we've played well. We've taken care of business. It's been no nonsense. We didn't fuck around with, with Iona. We took care of business there. Uh, Rhode Island, Rhode Island, you know, we played. I, I, thought Rhode, I thought the Rhode Island game, I thought that was the best we played all year. And Rhode Island's a good team, so I don't want to hear there was some bum. No, Rhode Island's a very good team, a well-coached team. Danny Hurley is a good, is a very good coach. Is a reason why UConn's after him, Pitt's after him, and a couple other teams are after him. So that's a that's a really good team. So and I thought Duke played their best basketball of the season. I thought Grayson had a good game, played contained within himself. Bags was bags. Um, Wendell was Wendell. Trevon did some good things. I mean, I just thought from a, from from a. From an overall game, I thought that was our best game of the season. If we play like that, I don't think anybody's beating us in this tournament. I'll just be honest. I don't think anybody's beating us. So, you know, it is Duke and it is this team with a bunch of freshmen. So consistently, consistency is an issue for this team. You know, just when you think that Duke is going to play like this for, you know, three more games, they fucking, they come up and stick up the joint against Syracuse. But I don't think so. I think we match up well against Syracuse. We always play Syracuse well for the most part. Um... I know we played them in the regular season and we won by 16. I, I think it'll be a similar game. I think it'll be close throughout the first half, and then I think eventually Duke will pull away. I just think Syracuse can't score. You know, I can't. You know, I, I don't have much to say about Syracuse and Michigan State. Um, 
you know, Izzo, I love Izzo, and I think he's a very good coach, and obviously he's a Hall of Famer and a great coach. But, you know, Izzo's teams sometimes in, in, in March scare me because they're not great offensive teams. They're, they're another team that mucks it up. Now, Izzo's been successful at mucking it up, obviously, but I don't know. I never trust his teams in big spots either. You know, Izzo's teams, they, they you know, they, they play. Now, they've, they've, they've been a better offensive team in the last few years. But even then, uh, they're just their style of play. They just, you know, I I don't trust those teams in 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 March. What do you what do you what do you want from me? I just don't trust them. So I'm not surprised what happened against Syracuse. Well, I shouldn't say that. I'm surprised. I'm not shocked what happened with Syracuse. Um, but I think Syracuse is going to run out of uh, magic against Duke. I, I just think we we match up well. Plus we play the zone too, and. You know, Coach K learned that from his boy Behan. So, and I think you know, I just don't think Syracuse has enough offensive firepower to hang with us. You know, I think when we start getting it going, I think that we're just we're going to be too much for Syracuse. So, I got Duke getting by Syracuse, a blowout late, close in the first half, second half I think we pull away. Um, and then you got Kansas and uh, Clemson, and I got to say, Clemson has played very, very well. Um, without Grantham, uh, their best player. I thought Clemson was going to have an early exit in this tournament. I just kind of felt like Clemson had peaked a little bit uh, middle of the year, and they kind of limped to the finish line a little bit. So I thought Clemson was going to be an, an, an early out in this tournament, and I've been surprised. I mean, they fucking – Clemson fucking destroyed Auburn. I mean, Auburn – I mean, did Auburn get off the bus? I mean, damn, Jesus fucking Christ. But anyway, uh, Clemson and Kansas – I haven't been too impressed with Kansas. I mean, I, I just don't think Kansas is that good. I think Kansas is vulnerable. I, I don't think Kansas is that good. You know, now watch them, you know, beat, beat the shit out of Clemson and beat us in the Elite Eight. You know, it's per, it's it's amazing. I'm talking all this shit about Duke and all this shit about Kansas, and Kansas is going to run through Duke. But no, nah, um, I think Kansas is overrated. I just, I'm not impressed. I'm just, I watch Kansas and I'm like, eh, you know, they're good, but eh, eh, I'm just not impressed. I think they'll beat Clemson. I think they have enough, especially on the perimeter and enough experience in these games where I think they can beat Clemson. But I would be shocked if Clemson pulled the upset. I mean, I really wouldn't. I, you know, Clemson's Clemson's good. Clemson's talented. You know, I think they can hang with Kansas. And Kansas, I don't think this is a very good Kansas team. So I think this is a good Kansas team. I don't think this is the great Kansas team we've seen in the last couple of years. And plus, I never trust Bill Self anyway. I know I'm saying that a lot about a lot of coaches, but I definitely do not. I never fight. If you guys know me and have listened to this podcast for the last year or so, you guys know I am. I never, never, ever, of all the coaches I say I don't trust, I never trust Big Self and uh, Bill Self in these tournaments. Never. Never. So... But I think Self has enough to get past Clemson, and I think he plays us in the Elite Eight, and I think we beat Duke. I think we beat Kansas. I think it's a very good game. I don't think we blow out Kansas. I don't think we run them off the court. I think I think that's the one close game we'll play in this tournament so far. I think that game against Kansas, and I think we'll handle Kansas. I think we'll beat Kansas. It's going to be close. It's going to be nip and tuck, rugged, a battle. But I think eventually we'll just we'll just be too much, and we'll pull it out late against uh, Kansas. So. And uh, so, yeah, my, I, I got my final four of, uh, yeah, my final four is Duke, Villanova, and Arizona, uh, Arizona, no, that, that damn sure isn't going to be the case, Kentucky and Michigan. So I, it's, a, it's still a pretty good final four. I mean, I, I think if we get Kentucky and Michigan and uh, Villanova and Duke, I mean, I think that's a really good final four. I, I really do. I think that's that's four really good teams. 
Um, well, three and a half really good teams. Again, I'm, uh, Kentucky's talented. I just I don't I don't love Kentucky. I think Kentucky's average. I'm not a huge Kentucky fan. This isn't the this isn't the a really good Kentucky team that they've had the last couple of years. I think this is an average team. They they're playing well at the right time, and they can easily steal this tournament because they have talent. But I don't know. But for the sake of argument, I think you have four really good teams, and uh, I think that'll make for for a great Final Four. Again, I still got Duke winning it. Of course, I'm going to pick my boys. Of course, right? Still got Duke winning it, but. Um, I think Villanova Duke. That's gonna be a hell of a game. That is gonna be a hell. of I mean, that might be the game of the fight. That might be the national championship game. I mean, realistically, I mean, we may have a scenario where that might be the national championship game, where that game is gonna be a fucking war. That whoever wins that game, I think whoever wins that game is gonna be the national champion. In my honest opinion, um, um, as far as likely Final Four outcome, I mean, national championship outcomes, I mean, I can see a Duke-Kentucky game. I can see a Duke-Michigan game, which is what the game that I have predicted. I can see Villanova-Michigan. I can see Villanova-Kentucky. Uh, if you had to rank them from most likely to least likely, um, I can see the most likely I can see Duke and Michigan. Second, I would say Duke-Kentucky or Duke-Kentucky. Villanova, Kentucky, and Villanova, Michigan. I would say the least likely. Um, but we'll see. We'll see. Uh, we'll see this weekend. We'll find out who's in the uh, Final Four by the end of this weekend. So it should be really good. Um, I wanted to touch on free agency because I didn't get a chance to do it last week. Um, with the tournament about to happen, I wanted to do my bracket and, and get that out of the way. I was supposed to do that on the show on Sunday, but obviously that fell through. So I wanted to talk about NFL free agency. And it was a wild first two three days as the as as always with nfl free agency i think nfl free agency has kind of overtaken mo you know major league baseball's offseason as a as a fun wacky offseason you know baseball's offseason used to be really fun especially when i was growing up and and you know even like a few years ago i mean it was still the best to me offseason and i think the nba has kind of gotten better the last few years and then the nfl i mean with the with the frenzy of moves at the end and what i like about the nfl I think what I like about the NFL more than the NBA, and even the NBA and 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 definitely Major League Baseball, is that it's quick. We don't have to. We don't sit here and wait three, four, five, six, seven days, a week, two weeks. Now we don't have that bullshit. Like these teams are ready to go. They're ready to go. You know. They, you know. They they sign these guys. You know. If the, if the signing period is fucking you know March twenty second at midnight, like motherfuckers already got deals in place. They're just ready to announce them. So I, I love that. I love that. Like as soon as midnight hit, as soon as the clock starts midnight, like motherfuckers is ready to sign. So I love that. I love that aspect of NFL free agency. Um, I don't think there's any really major surprises. Um, Kirk, I mean, I, I knew Kirk Cousins was going to Minnesota. I mean, once Minnesota became a threat to land Kirk Cousins, because um, you know throughout the off, throughout the beginning of the off season, it was it was considered that you know the Jets obviously would be a candidate, Arizona was going to be a candidate, the Browns were going to be a candidate because of all that cap space. But once you kind of knew Minnesota was in the running, or Minnesota wasn't going to bring back Case Keenum, and they were interested in going after Kirk Cousins, like I think most common sense having football fans. Um, kind of knew that that was going to be the team, uh, in my honest opinion. I don't, I don't think anybody, I mean, I knew some Jet fans, fellow Jet fans that, that kind of felt like Cousins, you know, still had a chance to sign with the Jets. And I mean, and I, I wouldn't say it was no chance, but I kind of felt like it was Minnesota and then everybody else. Like, I, unless Minnesota wasn't, wasn't going to guarantee 
more money than it did in it. And in actuality, he ended up guaranteeing all of it. Um, you know, I, I just, I didn't see a way where he was going to spur in Minnesota. He's a, you know, he's a Midwest kid. He went to Michigan State. Um, so I thought that was a perfect fit for him. And I think it's a perfect, from a football perspective, I think it's a great move for Kirk Cousins because I think he goes to a team that's that's a piece or two away from, I mean, he could be the missing link that takes that team to a Super Bowl. I, you guys know me. I know people get on me because they think I'm a Kirk Cousins apologist. I'm not a Kirk Cousins apologist. I'm just not going to sit here and rip the dude and call the dude. I mean, you hear people basically say that that Kirk Cousins is, is, is I mean, they basically, you know, act like Kirk Cousins is Chase Daniels. I mean, Kirk Cousins is a damn good quarterback. Is he Tom Brady? No. Is he Peyton Manning? No. Is he Aaron Rodgers? Fuck no. Is he, is he, you know, is he Ben Roethlisberger? Is he Drew Brady? No. Nobody is saying that. But let's not act like, you know, like Kirk Cousins is a bum. Like he's just a, he's, you know, he might as well be fucking Brian Hoyer. No, he's not. He's a very good quarterback. And on that team with, with Diggs and Thielen and, and, uh, and, you know, Dalvin Cook getting ready to come back and, and uh, you know, the offensive line and, and uh, Kyle Rudolph. I mean, that defense and and, and Mike Zimmer. I mean, they, I, that team is a Super Bowl team. They've got the talent. I thought they would get to a Super Bowl this year. And again, I like Case Keenum. I don't think Case Keenum did anything to, you know, not be back with Minnesota. Like, I don't think he's the reason that they didn't win a Super Bowl. I just, I, again, I don't think anybody was beating the Eagles that day. I don't think anybody was beating the Eagles in Philly that day. I thought I thought that was an intangibles thing. I thought Philly just had momentum. I thought they had the football gods on their side. I don't think anybody was going to beat. You know, Minnesota could have basically had fucking. You know, they could have had they could have had Peyton and Brady playing in the game, and they wouldn't have won that game. I mean, they just weren't. They just weren't. So, I don't think Case Keenum did anything to not be back with Minnesota. But I mean, let's be honest. I mean, Kirk Cousins is better than Case Keenum. He just is. I mean, there's no debate. It's no debate. Look at the career numbers. Look at the career numbers. Case Keenum is not as good of a quarterback as Kirk Cousins. I mean, let's stop this. And I know people want to say I'm an apologist. No, I just, I, I call it like I see it. I just hate, and I've said this before in the podcast, so this is nothing new. You know, we live in this era where we judge quarterbacks, oh, well, if they're not Tom Brady and if they're not Aaron Rodgers, they're not shit. And these guys don't grow on trees. Like, that's the problem. They don't grow on trees. If that was the case, Many my Jets would a long a long time ago would have found a fucking quarterback. A long time ago. But these guys don't grow on trees. There's a reason why they're Tom Brady. There's a reason why they're Aaron Rodgers. There's a reason why these guys are once in a generation talents. Because they don't grow on trees. But I think when you have a very good, a solid quarterback, I think I think you have to treat them as such. I think they're very and again, everybody brings up the money. I don't I don't make a big deal of the guarantee. I don't think that's gonna be a new trend. Everybody's like to think, oh, is this a game changer? I don't think so. I mean, it may be a game changer for quarterbacks. Like the only people I would see getting fully guaranteed contracts are quarterbacks. I don't see defensive. I know people saying that maybe receivers, you know, maybe Beckham might get that or maybe a, a, a pass. I, I don't see it. I really don't. I, I think it's an anomaly. I think if anything, you'll see quarterbacks get fully getting guaranteed money, but I don't think you'll see anybody else. I, I really don't. I, I, I think it's too much of a risk. I mean, even with quarterbacks is a risk, but I mean, it's especially a risk with anybody else. So I, I, I don't I don't buy this aspect that it's a game changer like a lot of people were trying to make it out last week. Um, but I mean, that's the market. You know, let, you know, everybody's out. I mean, nobody's outraged about Jimmy Garoppolo. Now, I think Jimmy Garoppolo is great from what I've seen. him. But I mean, let's be fair. Let's analyze this fairly here. Kirk Cousins, the last three years, has thrown for 4000 yards, has been a very good quarterback. 
I know that I know, I know people can quibble, especially me. I'm always about the playoffs and what are you doing big moments? And he's been terrible in big moments. I I, I will not debate that. I, I cannot sit here and lie like that. I, I will not debate. Kirk Cousins in big spots has been has been flat out terrible. Small sample size, but he's been terrible. Now, I don't think that's all Kirk Cousins because, I mean, let's, let's not act like, like Washington was this well-oiled machine. Let's not act like, you know, let's not act like Washington and, and, and Dan Snyder was this, was this model organization. That was an organization that was consistently in disarray and dysfunction. So uh, I, think, I think some of that has to go to, you know, has to go to Kirk Cousins. And I think some of that has to, a lot of it has to go to the organization. So, but whatever. So I get that. But I mean, I don't hear the outrage that, you know, Jimmy Garoppolo got a lot of money. I mean, this is a guy that got a lot of, I mean, this guy got $100 million for seven games. Let's be fair. Jimmy Garoppolo's played what? Seven, nine games in his entire career? Now he's been great in those seven games. He's been good. He's been very, he's been great. Single-handedly resurrected the 49ers. The 49ers were a dumpster fire. A dumpster fire before he got there. And he single-handedly changed that team. So I get that. I understand that. But, I mean, if we're going to debate this, if we're going to be honest and we're going to be consistent, and that's, and that's my problem. I want to be consistent on this. If you're outraged that Kirk Cousins got $30 million, why aren't you, upra- you, know, why aren't you outraged that fucking Jimmy Garoppolo got $28, $29 million for, for essentially seven games? Half a season. Now, I know people will debate, and I think he's going to be good. I think he's going to be a great quarterback from what I've seen. From what I've seen on the field, I think he's going to be great. But I don't know that. I'm not going to sit here and go to Vegas and bet that shit. I don't know that. For all we know, you know, Jimmy Garoppolo can go out there this year, dislocate his shoulder, and never be the same again. Or for all, or for all we know, Jimmy Garoppolo was a seven-game wonder. Was a seven-game wonder. There's no guarantee. You can't sit here with a straight face and tell me that you know for sure that Jimmy Garoppolo is is the next great young stud quarterback. I think so. We have a good idea of it, but I mean, you don't know that for sure. Nobody does. Nobody does. So, yeah. So if you're outraged about Jimmy Garoppolo getting that money, or if you're outraged about Kirk Cousins getting that guaranteed money, or that, that kind of contract, $30 million for a guy who's not won a playoff game. I mean, let's be fair. Let's say the same thing about Garoppolo. And let's say the same thing about Matthew Stafford. Matthew Stafford was the highest paid quarterback. Again, Matthew Stafford or Kirk Cousins. They, they, they got similar resumes. A lot of guys that put up great stats that are stat compilers that don't win big games. They're the same quarterback. Now, I know Matt Stafford's, you know, had a, you know, has, played, has been around for 10, 11 years. And Kirk Cousins has only been around for five or six or so. Something like that. So I know Kirk, you know, so I know that Stafford has a bigger resume of sorts, at least in the regular season. But I mean, they're the same fucking quarterback. Be consistent. You're not outraged about Matthew Stafford? What, is, what has he ever won? He's never won a playoff game. And I don't even love Stafford. I think Stafford's really overrated. Really overrated. He's good, but uh, you know, I don't think he's I don't think he's Roethlisberger good. I don't think he's Brady good. But again, that's the market. When you have a decent to very good quarterback as Kirk Cousins and Matthew Stafford and to a certain extent Garoppolo are, these guys are going to get paid. That's the market. So why is anybody shocked? Why is anybody outraged? 
I think it's a good deal for Minnesota. They got him for three years. I know that the guaranteed money scares people, but if he stays healthy, if they're able to keep him upright for the most part, you know, they got him for three years. It's not like they're paying him seven years. They're paying him eight years, three years of, of Kirk Cousins. And again, this is a team that's got about a two or three year window. I can't begrudge Minnesota for making this move. And I know people will say, well, you know, why not give the shot back to Keenum? And I'm a Keenum guy. I like Keenum. I'm a fan of Keenum. But you don't know if Keenum is, able to, is going to be able to reproduce this next year. You don't know if he's going to be able to produce like this again. Who knows? Case Keenum may be a one-season wonder. That, this may have been his Ryan Fitzpatrick year. Trust me, I've seen it with Ryan Fitzpatrick. Ryan Fitzpatrick was a, was a Pro Bowl-level quarterback in 2015. 33 touchdowns, 15 interceptions. What happened the next year? What happened? Fell off the earth. Fell off the earth. How do we know that's not going to happen with Case Keenum? How do we know? So I can't blame Minnesota for doing that. I really can't. Because Kirk Cousins is an up. See, the thing is you want to upgrade at the position. You don't want to downgrade. It's not like they gave up Case Keenum to go sign Brian Hoyer. They gave up Case Keenum to go sign Kirk Cousins. Kirk Cousins is better than Case Keenum. Okay, close. Anyway, other moves that stood out for me in free agency. Um, there's nothing, I mean, there's no real major moves that really stood out for me. Um, you know, I mean, Sherman with the Seahawks. Um, there was a lot of rumblings that the Seahawks were going to cut Sherman. Uh, so I don't think that was a really big surprise. I think it was a surprise that he signed with the 49ers. Um, I think Sherman's still got some football left. I, I've always said that Richard Sherman's a little bit overrated. I think he was a product of that system. I think he was a product of Earl Thomas and, and Cam Chancellor. I don't think Earl, I never saw Sherman as uh, on that Revis level. I know his stats and his numbers indicate otherwise, but I never saw him as that level. Of, I mean, I think he's a very good corner. And, you know, at times can be great and dominant, but I never saw him as that, man, this guy is just an absolute, just dominant beast. I, I think he was starting to get exposed the last couple of years. Um, I don't know what the hell Seattle's doing. I mean, I, I laugh because I live in Seattle or I live in the Seattle area and <laughs> these Seahawks fans are fucking annoying. So I love that they're basically dismantling that defense. Um, so I don't know what Seattle's doing. I mean, I you know, to me... I mean, are they that much capped out that, you know, they, they basically have to trade Bennett? Now, obviously, we know all the issues that are going on in the locker room. They don't like Bennett's outspokenness and all the issues that come along with Bennett. You know, Sherman's no easy guy to deal with. I know Chancellor's got the neck issue. I know Averill's got the neck issue. Um, they may retire. So, but I, I don't I don't know what the Seahawks are doing. Um, I, I don't know. Are the Seahawks trying to win next year? Are they trying to tear it down? What I mean, I don't think they're trying to tear it down. I mean, they still got Russell West, uh, Russell Wilson. So I don't know what the Seahawks are doing, honestly. But like I said, I, there's no real, there's no real big moves that surprise me. I mean, I guess Miami cutting Sue. There were rumors that, were, that they were going to cut Sue, but I guess I, I was it shocking. Uh, I mean, it was a little surprising, but um, I don't know. I don't know. I don't. I don't think we could be that much surprise with with any moves um any free agency moves that you know i'm trying to look over the free agent tracker here not no moves that really kind of caught like my you know i like what my team did i like what the jets did uh for the most part i mean i, I i'm not gonna lie those of you that follow me on twitter i was a little worried the first couple days of free agency because at least the first day of free agency because i was like man what the fuck are the jets doing there's no real activity um the one thing i will say i don't like and i'll get into the trade in a second but I didn't like the Bridgewater signing. Like, I don't know. It just kind of felt like it was redundant. 
Like to me, either you sign Teddy Bridgewater to be that that you know you take a flyer on Teddy Bridgewater and hope he's healthy. You take as a bridge quarterback, quote unquote. Um, you know, but why sign uh, McCown? To me, either you sign McCown or you sign Bridgewater. Why sign both, especially the one year deals? Are you going to have a competition between? But then, but here's the weird part: they say that McCown's going to be the starter. I mean, they promised McCown that he's the starter going into training camp. So I. I I don't understand that. And then now they obviously traded into the top three. So they're definitely going to take a quarterback. So now you're bringing in three quarter. Forget Hackenberg and Petty. They're gone. I mean, if anybody saw Petty play quarterback last year, I mean, how is he even in the NFL? I don't know, but whatever. So Hackenberg and Hackenberg has never even played. I was so wrong about that. I'll admit it. I, I, I love admitting when I'm right. I have to admit when I'm wrong. I mean, Hackenberg, I thought Hackenberg was going to be great. I don't know what the fuck happened to Christian Hackenberg. I, I what happened to Christian Hackerberg? Because, I mean, I saw him at Penn State, and I thought, man, this kid has got a chance to be a superstar in the NFL. And it's just for whatever reason, I don't know, I don't know if it's mental. I, I don't think it's physical, per se. I mean, he's got a great arm. I know the accuracy has been an issue, whatever, throughout his career. But, you know, I, I just, I don't know. I don't know. I, I don't know what happened to Hackenberg. He had the physical tools. He had the physical tools. I just, I don't know. I don't know, but whatever. So forget those two guys. But why sign Bridgewater and McCown? To me, either you sign Bridgewater or you sign McCown. Now, I would have been fine if they signed McCown and then traded into the top three and said, okay, we're going to draft a young QB and then we're going to go with McCown for, you know, for the season. Unless, you know, we, you know, we start out 0-8 or some shit and then we're going to throw in the rookie. But I don't understand what they're doing with signing McCown and Bridgewater. I, I just, I know it's extra insurance per se. Like if McCown, not, not if, McCown always gets fucking hurt. And Bridgewater, we all know about Bridgewater. He's missed basically two years. I, I, I don't understand that. It kind of felt redundant to add Bridgewater after you basically signed McCown and you basically, you know, promised him the starting job. And then you knew you were going to make this trade into the top three. So I, I don't know. It, it kind of it kind of feels redundant. But outside of that, I mean, I like the moves that we made. Um, Tremaine Johnson. I know some people will quibble with the contract, but I mean, I like Tremaine Johnson. I think he's a top tier corner. I know pro football focus, you know, I, I don't get into all that analytical, statistical stuff. I go by what I see on the field. I know the times I've watched the Rams, the few years that I've watched the Rams, every time I watch the Rams, he's making big plays. He's shutting down the other team's best receiver. So that, that, that's what I go by off. That, that's what I base. I, I go by the eye test. I'm sorry. I'm not going to go through efficiency ratings in the NBA and, you know, OPS plus in baseball and, you know, pro football focus ratings and all that. I don't, I don't know. I test for me. I'm an old school sports fan. I test. You, 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 you base and you grade everything off what you see on the field. That, that to me is the ultimate statistic. That's the ultimate way to grade players. But anyway, I think Jermaine Johnson is a good signing. Um, Spencer Long along the offensive line. I mean, I, I liked it. I would have liked us to go after the, uh, the the center from Baltimore that was a free agent um, that was only 26 years old. Um, I know he only started one year, but, you know, he was really, really good for Baltimore last year. I would have liked us to go after him. I don't know. Maybe we just didn't feel like spending a lot of money in, in, in on a center. Who knows? But I would have liked for the Jets to go after him instead of Spencer Long. Spencer Long is a good player, and he's versatile. He could play center. He could play guard. Um, so, yeah, I, I, you know, to me, if you're going to sign Spencer Long, I mean, I would have – coming off an injury, I would have signed uh, – the kid out of Baltimore, but whatever. Um, Avery Williamson to line at, at, at linebacker. Another good move. 
I would have thought the Jets would have kept Demario Davis. Demario had a had a revelation of a year for the Jets, so I would have thought the Jets would have would have liked to keep him. But you know, to me, Avery Williamson and 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 Davis are basically the same player. I think Avery Williamson is probably a little bit more athletic, um, better in coverage than than Davis is. Although Davis improved in that area. Um, so, I mean, it's it's a win-win. So, I mean, overall, I, I like what the Jets have done. As far as the, the trade, and everybody's been getting my, you know, everybody's been asking me what I think. Look, I like the trade. I, I don't understand how people are saying that the Jets got ripped off or that the, or the, the Jets are stupid, that they traded too much. First of all, if you look at the, if you look at similar trade, and this is what I like to do. I like to look at similar trades that have happened in these types of draft moves, these pick moves or whatever. When you look, when you compare what the Jets gave up to what the Eagles gave up to trade up to get Carson Wentz, or what the Rams gave up to trade up to go get um, Goff, what, what, um, obviously with the with you know with with the with the Redskins gave up you know five six seven years ago to get RG three. When you look at those type of deals, I mean, did the Jets really give up much? I think the Colts kind of got fleeced, and if, if you, I mean not fleeced, but I, I thought the Colts. I don't think the Colts got a lot. I mean, three second round picks. I mean, I know it's only three spots, but I mean, if I'm, I have a philosophy. If I'm trading back in the first round, I don't care if I'm trading from three to five, two spots, or three to four. I gotta get myself an additional first round pick because I'm gonna, I'm gonna prey on the desperation of that team. I'm gonna prey on the desperation of the team that's looking to trade up. That's what I'm gonna do. If I'm the Colts, if I'm Ballard there. I've got, if I'm trading, I don't care if I'm trading just one spot. I, at the very, very least, not even least, I have to get a first round pick, a future first round pick. Like, like if you're not giving me a future first, I don't care how many picks you give me, second, third, fourth, I, I don't care. If you're not giving me a future first round pick, that, that I'm hanging up the phone. I'm hanging up the phone. We're not doing a deal unless I get a future first round pick. That's me. That That's my feeling on this. So, I don't know. I don't. I I actually thought the Colts. I mean, I looked at what we gave up because I mean, I the 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 I got the notification on my phone that we traded up Saturday morning when I woke up, and I'm like, okay, let's see who the fuck we gave up. And then I I gotta be honest with you, I looked at it, I was like, three second round picks. Now second round picks are valuable picks. Don't get me wrong, but the Jets have a terrible history with second round picks. If you're a Jet fan, you know what the fuck I'm talking about. All I have to say is Christian Hackenberg and Vladimir Dukas. Does that ring a bell to any Jet fan? It rings. It damn sure rings a bell to me. But anyway, um, so we have a terrible history with second round picks. So, but I mean, even second, I mean, yeah, even just to trade down three spots, I was just like, you didn't get a first round pick out of that? Like, I would have tried to, I would have strong armed the Jets. I would have been like, no, no, call me back when you're giving up, when you're giving up the 2019 first round pick. Now, I don't know if the Jets would have did that per se, but I mean, I, if the Jets were desperate enough, I guarantee you the Jets would have given up the first round pick for next year. I guarantee you. I would have kept, I would have kept negotiations open. All the way to the 10 minute to the what? The one minute mark on the draft clock. We got draft night. Still on the phone with the Jets or the Bills or whoever. I just know that for me, if I'm trading, I don't care if I'm, that's my, my, my personal philosophy if I was a GM. I am not trading one spot unless I get a number one pick, a future first round pick. I just, I have to, I have to. 
That's just my personal philosophy. I know some GMs don't see it that way. You know, I know a lot of people don't see it that way, but I don't know. I I don't know. I think it's anti-jet bias. No, I'm not going to say that. No, but I I don't understand how some people are saying that the the Colts won and, oh, my God, the Jets, what are they doing? I I don't understand. First of all, I think this is a very good quarterback class. I think this is a better quarterback class. This is the best quarterback class we've we've seen since, uh, definitely since 08. And, you know, definitely, and it's arguable that it's the best since 04. But I'm not going to go that far back since the 04 draft class with Rivers and Roethlisberger and Manning, of course, and and those guys. But, I mean, definitely since 08, Matt Ryan and Flacco. Um, I think this is I think this is a, a very, very good – I think – to me, I think there's tiers to this draft class. I think there's three tiers. I think there's tier one, Rosen, Darnold, and Allen. I think tier two is Baker Mayfield. I think he's in a tier all by himself. And then I think tier three is is Lamarcus Jackson or Lamar Jackson and uh and you know Mason Rudolph and those guys. The, the third tier quarterbacks. Although I'm higher on 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 Lamar Jackson than some people are. I, I could argue that maybe Lamar Jackson and Baker Mayfield should be on the same plane, but whatever. For the sake of argument, I'm gonna I'm gonna tier it that way. Um, I think this is a very good quarterback class. I really do. And I think the Jets need a quarterback. And I think that when you need a quarterback, I don't begrudge any team for being aggressive and saying, hey, we have, we've identified a guy that we want that, that we think is going to be a face of our franchise. And they trade up. I don't begrudge that. Now, I begrudge the package that you give up. But I mean, honestly, and I know I may seem biased because I'm a Jet fan, but I, I, I like the move. I think, it's, I think it needed to be done because I don't, I don't think there's a guarantee that there's a quarterback we want at six. I'm, I'm, you guys know this with me. I like Baker Mayfield. I think he's a terrific college quarterback. I, I, I struggle. Sometimes I think he's going to be Manziel 2.0. Other times I think he's going to be Russell Wilson. I don't know. I, I, I don't know. If you ask me today, I think he could be Russell Wilson. If you ask me tomorrow, he can be Johnny Manziel. I, I just don't know where to go with, with, with Baker Mayfield. Um, I think this is a three quarterback. I don't really think this is even I, I to me, Allen, I'm worried about Allen because the one thing you can't teach as a quarterback is accuracy. I could teach you throwing motions. I could teach you how to read defenses. I could teach you everything that there is to do about teaching you how to play quarterback. The one thing I cannot teach is accuracy. And he is not accurate. Now, I know some people believe that if he improves his footwork, his accuracy will improve. I, I'm not a coach. I'm not a quarterback guru. So I'm, I'm not going to sit there and, and get into all those machinations and all that. I, I don't know. Allen, to me, is another one that kind of worries me. I, I think Rosen, the, the fact that Rosen's been so just diced up and chopped up and, oh, GMs don't like what he said and blah, blah, blah. And he's a terrible teammate. I, I think Josh Rosen's a, a victim of just being overanalyzed. I really do. I mean, anybody that watched Josh Rosen play, that kid cannot tell me that Josh Rosen isn't, isn't legit. Josh Rosen's a hell of a fucking quarterback. I mean, let's be fucking fair. And he had nothing at UCLA. Nothing. He had nothing. Nothing. The fact that they were able to be, even be a competent team speaks volumes to Rosen. And I know the one issues that he's always hurt or he's always banged up and the concussion issues, that to me is more of an issue than the whole, oh, well, his UCLA teammates didn't like him and blah, 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 blah. I don't know. I don't know what to believe with that shit. I mean, I, you know, I don't know. Uh, yeah, I, I don't I don't know. I don't know enough about that whole situation. I just, I know that when the guy plays on the field, he's phenomenal. So, you know, ask Texas A&M how good Josh Rosen is. 
Ask Texas A&M. I know Texas A&M has a shitty defense. I get that. But ask Kevin Sumlin how good how good Josh Rosen is. I guarantee you he'll tell you he's really good. Guarantee it. Um, and then, of course, Darnold. I think Darnold has the highest upside. Um, I think Darnold should have came back another year. I love I love, I love San Darnold. You guys know me. You've been listening to this podcast. I've been, I've been preaching for a year that the Jets just suck for Darnold or Rosen or suck for, for Darnold. So I like Darnold, but I think right now, if you ask me, I want the Jets to draft uh, Rosen. Like, I think, like, I will be doing fucking cartwheels draft night if we draft Josh Rosen. I'm like, fuck yes. But, you know, we'll see. We'll get into the draft as, as we get closer to the draft. Obviously, we're going to have a draft special uh, where I'm going to reveal my mock draft. I already got some guests lined up for April to talk about the draft. So we'll definitely get into the draft as we go later on in this in this season. Um. Or in this off season or whatever, or draft season, whatever you want to talk, whatever you want to call it, um, the draft is almost here, man. Right around the corner. I I hate the fact that the draft takes this long. I mean, shit. I, I wanted like the old days, man, when it was like middle of April, early April, mid mid, early to mid April. That's where I wanted. I that God, that feels like I feel like the draft takes way too long. Like it's too far out now. Like, I, you know, by the time I get to like April tenth, I'm like, come on, let's go already. Like I want this draft to get here already. I feel like it's too spread out. Oh my. Fucking God. I I wish it just went back to the old days when it was like early April, Saturday morning. The draft was I that I'm you know, you guys know me. I'm a fucking curmudgeon. I'm an old fogey curmudgeon. I like tradition, man. I like the shit the way it was. Stop changing shit around. You know, when they moved that shit to May and I and it's actually earlier this year, because I mean it was fucking I mean, I think last year was May, and the last couple years it was like the first weekend like may 5th may 6th i was like man this is way too late for the draft i mean it's fucking like it's may in baseball and we're 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 talking nfl draft i was like oh this is way too late but it is what it is but we're gonna have plenty of time to get into the draft we have plenty of time to analyze the draft um and talk about this quarterback class because that's what's really going to drive this quarter this this draft is it's talking about these quarterbacks and where they're going to go obviously if you look at all the mock drafts some some of them have everybody going in the top five six picks. I don't know who knows. I mean, and shit's gonna change as we get closer to the draft. We know this. It's, it's the same shit every year. It's gonna change as we get closer to the draft. So, um, we'll see. We'll see. We'll see. Um, as far as the NBA, uh, there's a real battle for the for that last playoff spot in the West. That's what's really interesting. I think the East is pretty much. Um, I think the East is pretty much decided. I know there's still some some seeding battles in the East. Um, I know the eighth seed is still up for grabs. I know the sixth or I know the seventh and eighth seed is still up for grabs in the East. But I think the the really kind of um, interesting race in the NBA playoffs right now is is uh, is in the um, is in the Western Conference where it, it seems like it's shuffling at a daily basis. Um, I mean, if you look at the Eastern Conference right now, you got the Raptors with the number one seed. They're gonna they're gonna clinch home field advantage in the playoffs. They're fifty three and nineteen. They lost today to Cleveland. What else is fucking new? Um, they always nut up when they play LeBron. That's why I don't trust. I don't. That's why I don't trust that team in a big spot. I, you know, I I know everybody wants to get all high and mighty on. Oh, look at the Raptors. The Raptors can win sixty games this year. And oh, Rosen and again, when I see the Raptors beat LeBron in a big spot, then I'll believe in. Then I'll believe in Toronto. Until then, I'm not believing in Toronto. I don't care. I don't. They can win 75 games this year. Until to, until they show me that they can beat LeBron in a big spot, I'm not. I'm not believing the Cavaliers. I'm not believing the Raptors. I'm just not. I'm sorry. But you got the Raptors, the Celtics, the Cavs, the Sixers, the Pacers, Wizards, Heat, and the Bucks. Um, 
it's pretty much it's pretty much set in stone. Those are going to be the eight teams that make the playoffs. Um, I, I, you know, I there's a three game difference between six and eight. Uh, the Bucks can make a move there. Obviously, the Heat can make a move there. Um, you know, even the Wizards can make a move. Uh, you know, the Wizards and and the Pacers are basically tied with the five and six seeds. Um, well, not really. I mean, basically, basically. Everybody from Cleveland on down can shift in this race. So it's it's yet to be determined. But I think you for sure know that this is going to be these eight teams. It's just a matter of seeding. I think at the end of the day, the top three are going to be what it is. I think you're going to have Raptors, Celtics, Cavs. Um, and then it's five. And then basically four through eight is going to be a shuffle. Um, I can see the Pacers getting the fourth seed. I can see the Sixers staying in the fourth seed. I can see the Wizards staying in. The, I can see the Wizards moving up. I can see the Wizards moving down. I mean, so it's it's all about the shuffling. Um, but if it ended today, Raptors would play the Bucks. Um, Celtics would play the Heat. Cavs would play the uh, the Wizards, and the Sixers and the Pacers would play. So um, I think the playoffs are going to be really good this year. Um, I, I'm actually this is the first time in a long time that I'm actually looking forward to the NBA, the NBA playoffs. So I think it's going to be a lot of really good matchups. I think the East has got got some good matchups in the first round. I think the West. I mean, the West. I talked about it before. The West is wide open. I mean, it's all over the place. The Western Conference right now. I mean, it it is all over the place right now. Basically, from basically from four down is all over the place. That's going to it's going to be def, it's definitely going to be a shuffle. I mean, the Nuggets are still alive, the Clippers are still alive. This you know, I, my Lakers still have an outside a very small small outside shot of making the playoffs. But it's pretty much those 10 teams. Um I mean, anybody that goes on a losing streak can end up out of the playoffs. Anybody that goes on a winning streak can end up basically from 9 to 4 basically. Um, right now you got the Rockets as the one seed. We know that the Warriors is a two seed Blazers, Thunder, Pelicans, Spurs, Wolves, and the Jazz. Um, if things ended today, you got the Rockets playing the Jazz. You got the Warriors playing the Timberwolves, which is going to be a good matchup. Uh, the Blazers playing the Spurs. That's another good first round matchup. And then you got Thunder's Pelicans, which is going to be a a tremendous matchup in the first round. So I I think the Western Conference playoffs are going to be really, really good. Um, well, we have time to get into the NBA playoffs. Um, again, you can preach to me about the Rockets from now to the end of time. I will not respect the Rockets until I see them and James Harden specifically and Chris Paul and that coach, Mike D'Antoni, win a big game with their life on the line. That's it. I don't trust the Rockets. I've seen it too many times. I've seen too many times with Dan Tony teams in the playoffs. They just completely fall apart. That defense, that offense to me does not play any in the postseason. It's been proven for a decade plus now. So again, you can tell me, I mean, the Rockets can sit here. The Rockets can win 70 games. The Rockets can literally win 85 games. 85 games. I know there's not 85 games in a regular season, but whatever. I'm trying to be fucking... I'm, I'm, I'm over-exaggerating, motherfucker. But anyway, go with me to this. The Rockets can win every game they play this season. I don't care. At the end of the day, you're going to have to show me that Chris Paul can win a big game. You're going to have to show me that D'Antoni's system will work in the postseason. And James Harden's got to show up in the postseason. We've talked about this several times, so there's no need to repeat that. Again, I don't trust the Rockets until I see it. Until I see it. I'm not going to believe it. I'm not going to believe it. And everybody's penciling in that, you know, there's no guarantee that the Rockets get to the Western Conference Finals. 
I mean, because I think the Western Conference is, I mean, you know, I think, I, I, I guarantee the Warriors will get there. Even with all the injuries, I'm still not worried. I think the Warriors have enough time. I don't think they're worried about it. I don't think they're debilitating injuries. I think they're going to be careful. I don't think they're going to rush back Durant. I don't think they're going to rush back Curry. I don't think they're going to rush back Thompson. I think they'll play it smart. Um, the Warriors will definitely be there. But, you know, the, the Rockets are no home run of a pick. I mean, you know, let's, let's just play it out this way. The Rockets beat the Jazz in the first round. And the Jazz are not going to be pushovers. I think that's going to be a closer series than people are going to give it credit for. The Jazz are going to be game in that series. I'm telling you right now, the Jazz are going to give the fucking Rockets. I'm not saying they're going to beat them. And they might sweep them. But that's going to be one of those four-game sweeps where the Jazz are in every game. I'm guaranteeing you right now that's going to be the case. Because the Jazz are a very good team. And Quinn Snyder is a hell of a coach. But let's say they get past the Jazz. In the second round in the conference semis, they got the winner of the Thunder and the Pelicans. That's not going to be an easy matchup for the fucking Rockets. Now, I know the Rockets play well against the Thunder, and, and they seem to always play well against the Thunder. But, I mean, you know, that's not, any, that's not a pushover matchup. I can see the Thunder beating the Rockets. I can see the Pelicans beating the, the Rockets. So, you know, I, I don't – well, maybe not the Pelicans. I don't know if the Pelicans can beat the Rockets. But I could definitely see the Thunder beating the Rockets. So – there's no guarantee. Look, let's not pencil in this 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 iconic Western Conference final of, of the Rockets and the Warriors just yet. That's just me. I'm warning you guys. I maybe it's just my 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 anti-belief in the Rockets, but again, until I see it done, until I see it with my own eyes, until I'm watching a game six in a closeout situation where the Rockets have a chance to advance to a final, I'm not gonna believe it. I'm not gonna believe it. I'm not believing it. You know when I believe it? When I'm when it's when it's 100 to 88. 25 seconds left in the fourth in the fourth quarter and the Rockets are you know a few seconds away from advancing to a final. That's when I believe it. And I know that seems harsh and it seems fucked up, but I mean, hey, we've been burned by the Rockets many other times before. So, why am I going to believe now? Why am I going to believe now? Why? Their second best player has never gotten to a conference final. So, and Dan Tony has never gotten to a final. And he still hasn't proven that his offense works in big spots in the postseason. So, yeah, that, that, so that's the NBA playoff landscape. Again, we'll get into more of the NBA playoffs as, uh, as we get closer to uh, the end of the season. Obviously, we're going to break down the playoffs from every angle. We're going to have our playoff predictions and all that good stuff. So, we'll, we'll definitely get into the postseason, you know, the NBA playoffs and talking about that. Um, you know, before the season's over. Um, definitely. I, I, I'm actually looking forward for the playoffs this year. I, I think it's going to be, I mean, anything has got to be better than next year. I mean, they, the NBA had only one way to go, but up. I mean, after the basically the fucking dumpster fire that was the playoffs last year. I mean, I, I love the NBA, but I mean, that, that shit was hard to watch last year. So the NBA had no way to go but up. I mean, Jesus Christ. I mean, anything would be better than the postseason last year. I'd rather watch the NIT than watch the playoffs from last year. I mean, really, I, I think I watched some NIT games over playoff games last year. I mean, that's how bad it was, so... I think it's going to be a fun playoff for the NBA, and they need it. They desperately need it after that shit show last year. They definitely need to play a good playoff season this year. So we'll see. We'll see if they get it. Brothers and sisters, brothers and sisters, I don't know what this world is coming to. Files of the week, and uh, my file of the week goes to uh, two players, two NFL players this week. Number one, Odell Beckham Jr. I don't know if you guys are familiar with this story, but uh, 
Sometime last week, uh, a video went viral of o- Odell Beckham in a hotel room bed with a woman, a pepperoni pizza, and the, the, the thing that caught everybody's attention, or at least the media's attention, was, you know, you know some, a white powdery substance on a nightstand that looked to be like it was fucking Coke, and, you know, a, you know, a cigarette, you know, whatever, it looked like it was a fucking joint or a blunt or whatever, Um and he gets a foul because this is a guy that's entering the last year of his deal, his rookie deal, who's tr- currently in negotiation to get an extension for a fucking major deal. Like, Odell. And you guys know I'm not an Odell Beckham fan. I know how great he is, but let's, let's be honest. I don't think Odell Beckham is a fucking a brain surgeon. I think he's a fucking idiot, personally. That being said, you would think that if, if there was anything that this guy would care about is his fucking money. Like. Do you really think that in an offseason, the offseason before your last year as a free agent or as your free agent year, you're entering your free agent year with your Giants, your last year on the rookie deal where you're trying to get a 20 million per fucking deal, right? You think that maybe just maybe, and now we are we surprised, and who knows? Maybe it was Coke, maybe it wasn't. I mean, I saw the. I saw the video. I, I really couldn't see it really well. I know some motherfuckers out there went all Zapruder film on this shit and tried to fucking overanalyze it. I don't know. Did it look like it was coke? It kind of did. Did it look like he had a blunt in his hand? Maybe, maybe. So I, I don't know. I didn't fucking Zapruder this shit. Does it surprise anybody? No. Does it surprise anybody that these fucking guys do coke and smoke weed and, you know, fuck models and, and eat pepperoni pizzas? Like, no, it, it doesn't surprise me. But you know what does surprise me that this that you would let this video go viral now. Like what are you thinking? Now, do I think that this is going to be something that cost him a contract? No. But it's just it's just not a good look. It's just things that just add that just add up. Like why? Why make this video go viral or why allow I'm sure that he had something to do with this video going viral. Who the fuck was in the room recording this video? I don't know if the girl would make it go viral. I don't know if he did it. One of his handlers or somebody. I don't know. So I got to assume that he knew that the video would be leaked or released. or I don't, I don't know. But why? Why? Why put yourself in that situation where now people have to fucking question, you know, you're doing coke, you're doing weed, you know, blah, blah, blah. blah. Everybody's going to talk about, well, he needs to be drug tested. What's going on with Adele Becker? Blah, blah, blah. It's just things. It's just unnecessary shit that happens that happens that you don't need it to happen right now, especially in a year where you're coming off an injury where you miss basically the entire year. And you're on the last year of your rookie deal. You're trying to get a new contract. And there's already questions about whether the Giants are going to extend you. Although questions that I don't buy because I think at the end of the day, the Giants are going to they're going to keep him. They're going to do everything possible to keep Odell Beckham. I don't buy that the Giants are going to fucking trade him. The Giants dealt, again, you know, the, this idea, again, I said this, on, I said this on a podcast a few months ago, especially when the whole Eli thing happened. This idea that the Giants are this venerable organization that, you know, they stand for what is right and, you know, all that is right in the world. We need to stop that shit. The Giants are like any other NFL team. You know, this is the same Giants organization that put up with fucking, uh, that put up with fucking LT for years. For years they put up with LT. All of a sudden, they're not going to put up with Odell Beckham Jr., so I don't buy that shit. So, whatever. I think they can say whatever they want to say about, you know, they're not, they're not going to, you know, they're not going to put up with, 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 with this, and the Giants are going to be hesitant to give him a deal. I, I don't buy that shit. I think at the end of the day, they'll get a deal done. But I just, it doesn't help your case, that's for sure. It doesn't help your case. It doesn't help your case. So why do it? it, it it's just, it's just stupid. It's just stupid. And 
In the category of odd, Zay Jones. Did anybody hear about this shit? So he was arrested because he got into an altercation with his brother in a hotel room. Uh, there's a video. TMZ released a video of him running naked in a hotel, uh, like ass naked, like completely butt ass naked. Uh, he kicked a hole through a window, threatened to jump 30 stories. I don't know. I'm, I just got a question. Like, what kind of dispute do you get into it with your brother? Like, I got two brothers. What kind of dispute do you get into that? that I mean, me and my brothers have gotten some disputes and we've gotten heated and to moments where we've almost come to blows. I mean, so, you know, a lot of brothers go through, you know, we're men at the end of the day, there's testosterone and there's ego and all that. I I get it. But I mean, damn, like to the point where you're trying to jump out of a 30 story window and, you know, you punching holes in the fucking windows and shit like that. Like, what the fuck? Like, what, what did you, what did your brother do? What did he do to you? Or you responded back? What happened that you caused this kind of outrage? And, you know, and Zay Jones, a guy who had a disappointing rookie season, by the way. He had a disappointment. You know, this was a guy that had a you know great senior bowl and a very good combine, and the Bills expected a lot from this guy, and he didn't exactly deliver. So he should be the last guy that should be getting himself in any kind of hotel altercations. But these NFL players, man, I tell you, these NFL players, these NFL players, man. But anyway, fouls of the week: Odell Beckham Jr. and Zay Jones. That's my foul of the week, man. Uh, I don't think we've broken new grounds. I think we've I think we've given out multiple fouls on this segment before. So you know it's 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 becoming the new norm. We're giving multiple fouls. Uh, usually I have a co-host doing that, but you know today we don't have a co-host, so you know, I'll give out two fouls: Zay Jones and Odell Beckham Jr. Two stupid ass NFL players that are just doing dumb shit. And and for good measure, I'll go ahead and give Alden Smith. A technical foul. I don't even need to review that. We all know Alden Smith is an idiot and a jackass and a waste of fucking talent. A waste of talent. I tweeted this the other day. I was like, is there anybody more talented that has just wasted their career than Alden Smith in the last in the last 10 years or so? Just absolutely talent. Not a bust because, you know, Alden Smith was, an, you know, I think he was an all pro, definitely made a pro bowl, had some really good years for the 49ers, but just, just, just did dumb shit. That's Alden Smith. So he gets an honorary foul. Because I know I forgot to give him a foul last week. So Alden Smith gets an honorary foul for this week. So there you go. Alden Smith. Alden Smith, fouls of the week. So my three fouls of the week this week. Zay Jones, Odell Beckham Jr., and Alden Smith. Three NFL players. We're breaking new ground here on the Technical Foul Podcast. But anyway, man, I'm going to get the hell up out of here, man. I've been uh, blabbering on for way too long. Um, as always, man, if you like what you're listening to, if you like this show, if you like this podcast and you want to continue to listen, uh, you want to go back and listen to previous episodes and you want to become a member of the TFP Nation. That's what we call our fan base, the TFP Nation. The guys have been riding with us since day one. Um Listen and subscribe on iTunes, SoundCloud, Stitcher, Google Play. This podcast is available anywhere where there's podcasts for free. We are there. So click download, click subscribe, whatever you got to do. And check us out, man. As always, thank you for listening. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for listening. I'm not going to get sappy this week, I promise, because I know I do this every weekend. But I just want to say just thank you for listening, man. Thank you for supporting the show. As always, um, I can't say it enough, man. I can't say it enough. Thank you. Thank you for listening. Um, as always, follow me on Twitter at the Manuel Brown. Follow the show's Twitter page at DTF Podcast One on Facebook, the Technical Foul Podcast, and also join our fan page, TFP Nation. Um, 
We got a new Instagram page, a, very, a brand new. We're on Instagram now. We're using Instagram to promote our, our shit. So uh, Instagram, the TF podcast, the TF podcast on Instagram. We have a YouTube page, the technical file podcast. I'm still kind of delayed on the YouTube page, adding some content on there. But eventually we get that YouTube page on and popping. So, yeah, man, as always, man, thank you for listening. Thank you for subscribing. Thank you for, you know, putting the word out about the podcast. We're growing every week. Um like I said at the beginning of the show, I apologize for not delivering that show on Sunday. We just had a little bit of a scheduling issue, but uh, we will make up. We will make that up for real. Definitely, we will get um, our special guests on that show. Uh, if not next week, definitely closer till we get to the draft. Um, it's an NFL friend of mine who's uh, got some experience and he's got a lot of knowledge, and he's a good dude, a good resource to have. So I think he'll be blast to have on the show. So. Um, so yeah, man. So as always, man, thank you for listening. Thank you for subscribing. I am out of here. Have a safe, blessed weekend. Enjoy the games this weekend. I think it's going to be a very good Sweet 16. I think it's going to be a very good Elite Eight. Uh, we should have some very good basketball. Let's hope this this tournament continues. It's craziness that it has been, at least for the first uh, two rounds. Um, you know, a lot of times when we get that craziness early in the tournament, the rest of the tournament kind of kind of goes chalk. So we'll see. You know, who knows? Maybe maybe this is going to be just one of those all time crazy tournaments. We'll see. But uh, yeah, man, enjoy the basketball this weekend. Um, have fun. Be safe. Um, Got want to give a special shout well, not a shout out, but just, uh, you know, just want to let all my fan, friends and family on the East Coast. I know that there's a uh, another snowstorm. The snow would just that just will never go away. Um, so just be safe out there, guys, man. Uh, I know there's some snow that's going to be coming in an area tonight, tomorrow morning or whatever. Um, I know I know I spoke to some of my fr- uh, my family uh, in Jersey and in New York. And the uh, the weather wasn't as bad as it was initially predicted today. So but it is the weather and we can never, ever, ever discount it or under uh, underestimate it. So um, just be safe out there, everybody. If you're going to travel, you're going to hit those streets. Please be safe. Please be safe. Don't be stupid. Don't try to be Zay Jones out there. Don't don't try to do dumb shit or Alden Smith for that matter. And just do dumb shit. Um, be safe, please. So, yeah, man, I'll catch you on next week. Uh, y'all catch you on the next episode next week. Um, as always, thank you for listening. I am out of here. Peace.
raise a spoon to Grandma, who always took all the hungry cousins to McDonald's for McNuggets and the Play Play Slide. Have something sweet in her honor. Come to McDonald's and treat yourself to the Grandma McFlurry today. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. And participate in McDonald's for a limited time. Raise a spoon to Grandma, who always took all the hungry cousins to McDonald's for McNuggets and the Play Play Slide. Have something sweet in her honor. Come to McDonald's and treat yourself to the Grandma McFlurry today. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. And participate in McDonald's for a limited time.